0: Welcome to On Time In Full, a podcast from Designed Conveyor Systems. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On Time In Full, a podcast from DCS. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us here for this episode today. Now, on this episode, we're going to take a look at the job of the modern project manager. And so uh, a lot of different things have changed over the last several years. We've had uh, quite a bit of flux and the job description has really changed a little bit as we've introduced some new variables. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that here on the podcast today. Joining me is Michael Horvath. He is an account executive at Design Conveyor System. But as you will hear in just a moment, that is not the only role he's held at DCS. And so uh, Michael, thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast. I appreciate
1: it. Yeah, glad to be here, Tyler. Good to talk to you.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to to learn a little bit more about you and to hear more of your story. So let's start off there, Michael. You've had a few different roles uh, in your time at DCS. So uh, tell us a little bit more about your career path and the different roles that you've held at, at DCS.
1: Sure. Yeah. So if you'll indulge me, I'll kind of give you the the long-winded story of how I landed at DCS. I feel like it's a good story. Yeah. Um, so I actually started as an intern at DCS way back in the day between my junior and senior year of college. Um, it, you know, I went to University of Illinois, uh, go Illini, you know, great college of engineering, great program there. And, uh, you know, they have these huge engineering career fairs. And I can remember walking to this room, there's these long lines to talk to the the big companies on the block, you know, uh, very competitive. Everyone's trying to get their name in the door, slip, slip somebody their resume. And I was all nervous. And I saw the DCS table there at the, at, the, uh, at the union there at University of Illinois. And I was like, let me just go talk to these guys and get my nerves out and warm up a little bit. And lo and behold, uh, 12 years later, here we are. So um, it's been an interesting ride at DCS, but started as an intern and then was lucky enough to come on full-time the next year after I graduated Um, and really started kind of in the um, like project lifecycle area, if you could call it that. I was doing spare parts orders and, uh, you know, sending people updated manuals and things like that, really small scale things. you know, it was it was really new for me. Obviously, I didn't learn anything about conveyors or material handling while I was in engineering school. And I remember I would get these phone calls from people and they'd be like, hey, I need a sprocket or a bushing, or they would throw these words at me. I had no idea what anyone was talking about. I would be like asking everyone around the office, you know, trying to figure out what things were um, and just stumbled my way through the first, you know, eight months to a year, just learning what the heck everything at DCS was. Um, and what conveyors were and how they worked. So it was a it was a really great uh, slow start there. But eventually started working with some of the other PMs around the office. Um, you know, getting to work alongside them on their projects. Got to start taking on some small projects as they would come up, um, and just kind of working my way up the project management ladder in the company, so to speak. Um, I should also say, I mean, when I started, DCS was a really small company. I think we had maybe three or four project managers at the time. Mm-hmm. We looked very different then than we do today. You know, we didn't have an HR department. There was no purchasing team. There was no estimating team or solutions team. Um, so many of the things that we now have today as such a, a much larger company just didn't exist.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, my beginnings at DTS were very humble. Not only was I learning everything, um, I, you know, we, the PMs really did everything then too. We were estimating the projects. We were doing the site visits and site management aspect. Um, we were issuing purchase orders. I mean, we just kind of did it all top to bottom. Um, and looking back, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we're not doing that anymore, but looking back, <laughs> it was such a great sort of foundation for my career. So all that being said, I eventually worked my way. Like I set up the project management ladder, Did worked in the resource management role for a little while, which is more um, sort of team member focused internally, lots of focus on, you know, feedback and uh, growth uh, of the team internally. Um, and then eventually got into the pro- uh, the program management role, which I was in most recently. Um, and that's just a more customer-centric looking, a customer-centric role, if you will, um, making sure that we're meeting our customers' expectations, that we're delivering consistently across our projects, things like that. Um, and as of late, uh, as you mentioned at the top, uh, moved into the account executive role. So excited to start doing more of that. Uh, looking on the sales side of things, on the uh, you know forecasting and and getting the work into DCS, if you will. So it's been a great, it's been a long twelve years of DCS. I shouldn't say long, but a great twelve years. I've got, I feel like I've gotten to experience so many wonderful things so far. So um, looking forward to the next twelve.
0: Oh no, I love it. Uh, that's a, that's a fantastic answer, and, and thanks for kind of taking us all the way through that story. I mean, incredible, just from college job fair all the way through now 12 years in a couple of different roles uh, is an incredible timeline and just an incredible story. Obviously, we're spending the majority of the, our time here today on the podcast talking about that that project manager role. So, um, so Michael, tell me a little bit more about what you view as maybe the, the primary responsibilities of a project manager. I know you said... That uh, early on, at least, anyways, it was do a little bit of everything. You know, have your hand in every part of the process. What do you What do you think uh, as far as, especially modern project managers, what's what's the role look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple key tenants, but just to to piggyback on what you said, I think um, part of it is that willingness to just jump in and take Mm -hmm. the bull by the horns. We talk about that a lot at DCS. Frankly, Um, you know, project managers that are hired in now at DCS don't have to do what I did when I started and handle all those things we have lots of departments that that you know we can divvy up the work but sometimes uh, projects can take a turn or we encounter unexpected roadblocks and things just happen I mean that's why we have project managers and um, the willingness to just jump in and get gritty and dirty and figure things out and lead your team and um, like I said take the bull by the horns when you need to i think that goes a long way you know we talk to a lot of really strong project management candidates sometimes as they're maybe wanting to come to DCS or what have you. Um, and they have, they have incredible resumes, but it's amazing uh, how many people just lack that grittiness and and aren't able to really dig in when the going gets tough. And at least at DCS, um, that has certainly been a quality that, that um, has set a lot of PMs apart, in my opinion, that, you know, uh, when PMs are willing to do that and get, get their hands dirty, like I've said, they tend to, to grow the most and have the the greatest trajectories, at least at DCS. So I think that's a huge component of being a good PM. Um, but some of the others are, you know, pretty obvious, but I, I I'll still mention them. We have to say communication, um, you know, and not only being able to communicate effectively, but also understanding how to communicate at multiple levels within or within an organization, you know, you could be on a conference call with your installers and the guys that are in the field one minute, and you're turning around to give a financial presentation to, you know, the C-suite uh, at your company or or your client or whatever or, or whatever that is. But um, being able to communicate effectively and efficiently and understand what information is important to whom, I think, uh, is so important. Um, yeah. A couple other things that stand out to me and and my time at DCS. Um, you know, just ability to manage and control part of, you know, like I said, getting your hands dirty and getting in the trenches, you know, you've got to be on top of it's the, it's the cliche, right? Scope, schedule, budget, but Mm -hmm. it's the truth. I mean, you've got to have your arms wrapped around what the project is, um, be able to look ahead, forecast what's coming downstream and, uh, you know, be ahead of the curve as much as possible. So just the ability to, to stay on top of things, um, and do the work when it's needed. Uh, those all seem to be the traits of the most successful PMs at DCS.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's really well put. And you know, we we talk about the the traits that are necessary, but now the the job has changed a little bit, right? We've seen uh, the world change quite a bit over the last three years or so, and um, yeah. you know, there's been a rise in remote work, and hybrid work, things like that. How has that really changed and maybe shifted the role of the project manager? What what, what sorts of maybe um, cascading changes have come about as a result of that?
1: For sure. You, you know, I um, I thought about this a lot recently, I, and I have to say, at least for, for me personally, and I think a lot of the team around us, um, a lot of what we do hasn't changed so much. I mean, you know, I can remember pre-pandemic, we were always on a lot of conference calls, you know, making the visits to sites, um, all those things are still the case. I think what we miss a lot of nowadays, um, there's just less face time. I mean, we used to, we would pick up so much in the office just sort of by osmosis. You would just kind of be around the action, be around the rest of the team. You could quickly run over to somebody's desk and check on something. Everything has morphed into scheduling a call. Let's set up a time to review this, what have you. So there's a lot less of that, just sort of osmosis, like I said. Um, you know, and that's a, that's a gap. I mean, you have to work to overcome that and make sure that you are providing those channels as a project manager throughout your team and throughout your stakeholder network to get the information you need and make sure everyone's keyed in on what's going on. Um, you can't rely on, on just everyone kind of hearing through the grapevine at the office anymore. But, um, besides that, maybe a little bit more time, uh, with your pets at home. <laughs> that's been nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, fewer water few water cooler conversations, but more, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, head rubs for the dog or something like exactly. that. I don't That's know. exactly uh, right. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it really does kind of bring into to focus that idea that knowledge has to be kind of evenly dispersed, right? And intentionally dispersed rather than, like you said, those osmosis type conversations of um, just, oh, hey, we happen to bump into each other. By the way, here's this information. Talk it out it has to be a little bit more intentional than maybe it used to be. How do you ensure that maybe everybody gets on the same page when you have to be a little bit more conscious of that all the time now?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think just again, at at DCS, I think one of the, the core tenets of, of at least how we run projects is, um, there's a series of call that a series of calls that, that happen on every project, regardless of, um, What the project is, you know, at a minimum, we're always having uh, some sort of internal call where we are getting all of the internal departments together, right? Procurement, engineering, supply chain, whatever those departments are. We're talking about the projects, uh, roadblocks, risks, et cetera. Um, And then oftentimes that expands into a call with with our key vendors, our key subcontractors, again, talking about schedules. What are the big risks? Uh, does everyone know what they need to be working on? Things like that, which then morphs into and evolves into a client-facing call. Um, you know, I've, I've seen uh, different styles of that in my experience. Uh, I've seen where sometimes project managers maybe have just one call, one standing project call with all the stakeholders, um, and that can get a little, a little bit dicey sometimes. You know, it's it's sometimes important, the meeting before the meeting, if you will, it's important to kind of have your ducks in a row, especially when you're thinking about client facing, but having your ducks in a row internally, just having a, a space where people can be really honest about what's going on, what are the challenges they're working through um, and kind of make a plan and then communicate those things to a client. But but just having a thorough, again, a spe- kind of again to the question of how things have changed now that we're all remote, but a thorough series of meeting calls where we're engaging multiple stakeholders uh, maybe on multiple calls, that, at a, at a minimum, has got to happen, in my opinion. Um, you know, from there, the documentation has got to be solid. We at DCS put a lot of time into making sure, at least as close as we can get to, having a consistent, you know, action items list or ADRA, if you will, or meeting minutes template to make sure that we're communicating uh, notes about calls and upcoming actions in a consistent and concise way. Um, and making sure that people understand they have deliverables. This is what's expected of you. Um, things like that. So um, just a consistent series of calls, consistent feedback, consistent notes. Um, those have just got to exist on a project. I think without that, uh, things are probably going to go downhill quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. And. You know, speaking of things that have that have changed, that have been maybe big topics of conversation, similar to the remote work, hybrid work conversation has been over the last several years, supply chain, right? Supply chain um, has gone from a topic that was maybe a niche conversation that not too many people could participate in to now it's on the tip of everyone's tongue and everyone has an opinion on what's going on in logistics right. and supply chain management and all these sorts of things, right? And so um, how have you seen maybe attitudes and uh expectations uh shift or maybe not shift uh about supply chain as we've seen um maybe supply chain delays and and things kind of slow down there's still the expectation there for for quick deliverables and and things like that so how do you balance those two maybe competing ideas there
1: yeah i mean well what you said is exactly right i mean (laughs) uh our our most of our clients um want quick projects. I mean, I can remember years ago, the windows for many of our projects would be 12 plus months. And we're doing projects that are made, you know, the same scale roughly, and maybe they're a three month project now. So the window in which we do projects has just been collapsed so much, right? Everyone kind of figured out, oh, we can do projects a lot quicker. We don't need all that time. Um, and that's just the new normal, um, especially in the, you know, post pandemic era, it, that's the new normal. So learning how to uh, work in that and thrive in those conditions is really important. Um, you know, I think we've done a couple of things at DCS first and foremost, we developed a supply chain team. I mean, the fact that we even have a department and people in our company that are focused on that is so huge. Um, right. They are constantly working with vendors and subcontractors to understand what work they have, what capacity they have, how can they meet our needs? Um, you know, that is huge. You, you know, it used to be that project managers had to completely own that um, or, you know, maybe a purchasing team as well, but just having dedicated people for that has been so uh, beneficial in our, in our organization. Um, I, I should also say about the supply chain team, they're also doing a lot of work in, in vetting new suppliers and new vendors. You know, I think in the material handling industry, it's a relatively small pond, to be honest, at least in my experience. Um, you see a lot of the same vendors, a lot of the same installers and and things like that uh, across multiple projects, across multiple integrators like DCS, and trying to pull in new people and getting some uh, um, some new blood in there, if you will, I think is, is really important and is going to pay off um, and has been paying off. So that's been great. Um, a couple of the things we, we, something interesting that DCS has done, we've implemented a, a network of warehouses within the last few years. Um, you know, that has allowed us to order equipment as quickly as possible on a project, have it brought into a warehouse, um, stored, staged, and then shipped to a project site. You know, we used to always, all of our orders were basically would be shipped direct to the, uh, to the project site and we would kind of rely on our vendors to manage Uh, their orders and make sure that we got our stuff on time and we just don't have the room. We just can't take that risk as much anymore. So our ability to control our own destiny, so to speak, with most of our material deliveries has been really, uh, really impactful. And it gives our customers a lot of clients. I mean, I'm sorry, it gives our customers a lot of confidence too, right? Um, Them knowing that they, that we can hold excess capacity, they can issue orders for projects that, are maybe still a risk for them, but they want to get equipment on order, and you know maybe the building site changes, or um, maybe a building is delayed. You know things that are all real possibilities with the current landscape of the supply chain and uh, getting new buildings and what have you. You know our ability to to stay flexible and meet our clients' needs like that has been has been really uh, really important. And I should also say you know, specifically thinking about a project manager, I think the need for project managers to, to be forward thinking, to be assessing risk regularly. Um, it was always important, but I think, well, I, th- in my opinion, the, the variables now are um, things can change much more quickly, right? Things that, um, maybe would have been a small inconvenience years ago on a project that had a year long implementation schedule, you know, that can blow you up really quickly as a project manager. So, you know, assessing risks and having really, really detailed and thorough plans on projects, um, you know, your window is so small. Like I said, one thing can completely derail your project and having thorough detail oriented PMs that are staying on top of their projects from day to day, material coming in what installers are working on whatever it is um you know you can't hide in the shadows as a pm uh on most of these projects these days you've really got to be on top of things um for a project to be successful in in this current climate
0: yeah yeah, that's a that's a that's a really, really good point and leads us on to, uh, I think, a great question that helps us um, maybe begin to tie a bow on this episode and kind of bring everything together, kind of like what you were doing there. And that's just, you know, what do you want people to know about the, the role of a project manager that maybe people don't already know if people haven't maybe been in this role, but are, are learning about it now here on the podcast? What do you hope people walk away with and understand about the role after this?
1: Sure, yeah. Uh... I mean, I'm, I'm proof as much as any, as much as anyone, you know, anyone can learn material handling, anyone can learn the conveyor industry and how conveyors run and and how these projects work. Um, So first and foremost, anybody that wants to (laughs) come be a, you want, decides they want to be a project manager in this industry, um, go for it, but, um. You know, I think what what we see, anybody can learn it, but I think the people that in my experience, and my time at DCS, um, the people that tend to go the the farthest have a lot of those key traits, right? They're organized, um, they're punctual, they're engaging, energetic. They're someone that I would want to work alongside, um, you know, day to day. And kind of like we mentioned earlier, you know, if you strip away all the other departments and... Um, if you don't have buyers and systems engineers and all these other support systems, you know, can they get in and get the job done? Are they those kinds of people that will rise to the occasion? Um, I think, like I said, we, we see that firsthand every day at DCS. We see the people that are committed and engaged and, and just get the work done. And they're the people that we want to work with day to day. Um, Those are the people that tend to go the farthest and tend to be the most successful project managers. Um, and I have to say, I'll give DCS some props. I think DCS has been so um, committed to building a strong culture and bringing in people that we wanna be around day to day, that we wanna work with day to day and be in the trenches with. Um, that goes such a long way, right? Like feeling feeling uh, valued and feeling important and like the work you do matters. Um, man, that just, that just boosts all the PMs on our team, um, or at least I hope it does. I think it does. Um, uh, and, and it goes a long way, um, to, to PMs feeling empowered and getting the job done, doing a job well done.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a great point. Just empowering them to, to do their jobs well is, is a great way to, to put that in. And- So, Michael, as we wrap up this conversation today, anything else that you want uh, people to know, to understand? Uh, Any final thoughts here uh, before we tie a bow on this episode here today?
1: Yeah, I think, honestly, it kind of uh, dovetails into what I was saying. I think project managers, probably in most industries, especially in the material handling industry, I think we work really hard. Um, The projects can be really challenging. There's a lot of competing priorities. We have a lot to juggle. Our clients are looking for... um, quick pace projects in the face of uh unheard of supply chain constraints and delays across the industry and our ability to manage and juggle that. I mean it takes a it takes a strong-willed project manager to get up and, and lead that fight every day. And like I was saying, just being at a company that that provides the support that leads with heart, um it just it goes such a long way. You know, I think when you have project managers that are cared for, when they have a team behind them, when they have a support system, when you have PMs that are cared for and want to do a good job, that translates right to the client, right? They see that we have their best interests at heart, that we care about them, and that we want, uh, you know, we want this to be successful for them at the end of the day. Um, and so, I, you know, hopefully every project manager out there in the industry has a, has a place like that where they feel valued and important um, and can do a job well done day to day.
0: Really, really well said. and, And I think a great note to end on Michael Horvath, account executive at design conveyor system, DCS, as we've called it throughout the podcast, Michael, thanks so much for joining us here on the show today. We appreciate it.
1: Hey, thanks so much. Great talking to you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much once again. And everyone, thank you for tuning into another episode of On Time In Full, a podcast here brought to you by DCS. We appreciate it very very much. Of course, for more, you can always visit the DCS website and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts these days. You can find more episodes of On Time In Full. And when you subscribe, you can stay up to date with the latest episodes, uh, the latest things uh, that, that... Uh, the latest insights from people like Michael and so much more. So stay tuned for that. But for this episode, for Michael Horvath, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you next
1: time.